0: This is the, word of God. I love the word of God. I love the word of God. The word of God will work in my life. But I must study and work the word. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Most holy and all-wise Father. It's once more and again that your children have gathered in this sacred place. And Lord God, we've gathered here simply to hear a word from you. We've praised you, Lord God. We have worshipped you this morning with song and with the written word. And now, Lord God, we just sit here knowing that you are preparing to feed our spirits so that when we leave this place, we'll be better than we were when we came in. In faith, I sit down. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing what only you can do. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says, amen. Amen. I ask you to turn back in your Bibles to Exodus 33. Exodus 33 that we read earlier in our liturgical reading. Exodus 33, I don't often preach from the um, lectionary, but I will be today. Exodus 33, And we're going to look at portions of uh, 12 through 23. It's in page 72 in the Red Bibles. Page 72 in the Red Bibles. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling, telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, And you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Amen. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us. Do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you. And I know you by name. Then Moses said, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near here where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Amen. As we read this scripture text, it is just mind-boggling and amazing to me the relationship that Moses and God had. I just find it, I would say, enviable the relationship where Moses could talk to God as a friend, where he could talk to God as a father, where he could talk to God as his teacher or his instructor. And God would talk to Moses like he would his own son or child or or a student. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that that should be the kind of relationship that each and every one of us in here would like to develop with God. Amen. I know I would. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to be able to hear his voice more, more often and uh, hear him giving me particular instructions more often. But one of the reasons that God had this special relationship with Moses is because God had a specific purpose and a call on Moses's life. One of the reasons that God had this beautiful relationship with Moses is because God had a specific purpose and a call on Moses's life. And if any of you in here know anything about Scripture, that should just cause a a, 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 a little whatever in your spirit because you also should know that God has a specific purpose and call, in your life as well. Amen. So when we look at this relationship between Moses and, and, and God and we think it's enviable as far as how they talked to one another. God said to let you know this morning that you could have the same kind of relationship with him that Moses did. Amen. It's up to you. Amen. But at any rate God had told Moses that he had a, a special purpose for him. And God had used him before, in a mighty way, when he was delivering the Hebrew people out of Egypt. And, and I want you to think about that for a moment. I ask you not to stray in your mind, but I want you to think about the fact that God had already used Moses in a mighty way in delivering them out of Egypt. And what is so phenomenal about this deliverance is that Bible scholars say, that it was over a million people, over a million people, that God had given him to lead out of Egypt into uh, to get get to, thank you, Lord, to to the promised land. But one thing you got to know about this million people, this million people was not a, a group of saved, saved, sanctified. Tongue-speaking Christians. I want you to understand that this group of people was a group of everyday, ordinary people that knew about God but didn't know God. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? So because they were ordinary, ordinary everyday people that had a head knowledge of God, but they didn't have a heart knowledge of God. There was a whole lot of grumbling and complaining and, and there was all kind of backbiting and so forth going on in the midst of all these people. I want you to remember that when we talk about Moses, what he said to God a little bit more, uh, a little bit later. But one thing I want you to notice about these people is the fact that they were following their human spirit rather than following the leader that God had placed over them. You say, Pastor, how do you know they were following the human spirit rather than the leader that God had put over them? Because look at chapter 32. We read it last week. We're not going to read it again this morning. In chapter 32, what were they doing? They had created a golden calf. They were dancing around the calf. They were saying this calf is the God that delivered us out of Egypt and they're bowing down and worshiping and praising a calf that they had created with their own hands. So you see this group of people were a group of people that were following after their own uh, uh spirit, our ra- uh, own spirit. Thank you, Lord. Rather than following after the leader and the Holy Spirit inside of the leader that God had given to them, I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that God had delivered these people out of Egypt, but Egypt had not yet been delivered out of them. Amen, amen. There's a difference. God had delivered the people out of Egypt. But Egypt had not yet been delivered out of them. And that is some of the problem that people go through that go by the name of Christ. Because God said he has delivered us from sin and he's delivered us from all these uh, uh unseemly things we do. But the thing is, God said he's delivered us out of, but we still got some of them inside of us. You understand? So this is a group of people that Moses has to deal with. So Moses goes to God, and he says, and I'm paraphrasing, Lord, you keep telling me that you want me to lead these people, but you haven't even told me who it is that's supposed to work alongside me. You told me to lead them, but you haven't told me who is supposed to lead them with me. And he goes on, he say, you told me you know me by name. And you told me that I found favor in your sight. Well, Lord, if this is true, then you're going to have to teach me. Because, Lord, the only way that I'm going to be able to deal with these people, this over a million people, is if you teach me to do things your way and not my way. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you need to get that from your mind to your heart where you say the same thing to God. Where you say, Lord, you have told me to do X, Y, Z and you want me to be this kind of person and so forth. But Lord, you're going to have to teach me how to do things your way and not my way. Because if I did things my way, I would take the people and knock one of their heads up against the other. You understand? So he said, Lord, I'm asking you not only to teach me your way, but he says, Lord, I need to get to know you better. I'm not satisfied with how much I know you now. It says it right here in scripture. He says, I want to know you better, and I want to continue to know you better and better and better. So what is he saying? He is saying, Lord, what I know about you is not going to be sufficient enough for me to to be able to do what it is that you've called me to do. Amen. You got to get that. You got to get that from your heart to your mind. I want you to understand that Moses is saying in some respects, God, the job you called me to do is just too big for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The job you have called me to do, I cannot do in my own strength. Lord, you have called me to be this wife. You have called me to be this mother. You have called me to be this father. You've called me to be this uncle, this child. But, Lord, what you've called me to do, I cannot do it in my own strength. Mm-hmm. Okay? He says, because after all, you see what the people just did. Mm-hmm. They just built this golden and are dancing around it, and, and you want me to be able to lead these people? Lord, the job is too big. And God said, remember, I mean, Moses said to God, remember, this nation, these people belong to you. They don't belong to me. You see what he said? He said, these are your people. He said, you've given me the assignment, but the assignment ultimately belongs to you. And that's what you got to see when God has called you to do something. When he called me into the ministry, when I get frustrated about people not being here and people coming in in the middle of the service and people not being here in time to worship. And when I get frustrated about this kind of stuff, God has to remind me, Joanne, this is not your ministry. This is my ministry. And I will deal with them to get them to the place where they'll be hungering and thirsting after worship that they'll get here early mm-hmm. in order to be able to worship me mm-hmm. in spirit and, and in truth. So what is it that we can learn from Moses thus far? We got a lot to learn this morning, so hold on. What we can learn from Moses, right, first of all, is that Moses said to God, I did not ask you for this assignment. Yes, he did. I did not ask you to call me. Remember God, and remember I'm paraphrasing. When you told me at the burning bush that you wanted me to go back to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, I told you then I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I told you I stuttered. I told you I needed somebody to speak with or through me. Lord, I told you I was not capable of doing the job you've called me to do and God said get this in your spirit he says he does not call the capable he makes capable the ones that he called. amen amen he doesn't call the the capable he doesn't call the ones that know how to he god says i will do the instructing in you. I will make you capable of what I called you to do. If I called you to a job, yes, I know it looks hard, but I'm going to be the one to give you the strength and the knowledge and the wherewithal to be able to do it. So he doesn't call the thank you, daddy. He says, I don't call the qualified. I qualify the called. Mm-hmm. I don't call the qualified. I qualify the call. Okay, so what can we learn from Moses this far? The first thing that we can learn from Moses is, is when you feel like God has a call on your life, you have to make sure you recognize his voice. You've got to make sure that you know that it is God telling you to do something because if it is not, then when the the going gets rough and the rough whatever, you're going to want to throw up your hands and call it quits. Do you understand? If you don't know that it's God calling you, then you're going to want to quit. The next thing you got to learn to do is you got to ask the Lord, Lord God, I need you to teach me to direct me and to show me how to do what it is you call. Don't try to go out and do it on your own limited knowledge, on your own limited understanding. Because if you're trying to do it in your own knowledge and your own understanding, it is not going to work. You're going to wind up being frustrated every single solitary day. You will not find the joy and what God has called you to do that we've been talking about in service all morning long in, in, in a song or whatever. OK, when she uh, my baby prayed, she talked about having joy. OK, so you're not going to have that joy if you don't allow the Lord to teach you, instruct you Amen. and realize that God is calling you to do his work Amen. and not your work. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's what we can learn thus far. Now, let's look at verse 15 and 16. Let's look at verse 15 and 16, okay? Moses says, I love this. This is a verse that I believe I put in my life. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people Unless you go with me. What is Moses saying? Moses is saying, Lord, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go. Lord, if you don't go with me. I don't want to go, Lord, if you don't speak through me, I don't want to speak, Lord, I need you to know, I need to know that you are leading and guiding me every step of the way, and Lord, I want people to be able to see your presence in me, and not just wonder whether I'm being moved by you or not, Amen. they got to be able to see the God in me. They had to be able to see the God in, in order to follow Moses over a million people in order to follow him. They had to be able to see the God in him. Yes, is. What has God called you to do? Hmm. Who has he called you to share with? And he, if the people that he's called you to go to cannot see the God in you, then they're not going to follow you. Amen. Do you understand? Amen. So this is what Moses says to God. If you don't go with me, I don't want to go. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ, we used to sing this little ditty. It says, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go, I'll go anywhere. Tis heaven to me, wherever I'll be. if he is. So it was that kind of thought that God put in my heart early in the ministry. If he goes with me, I can do it. If he is with me, I can be a success in whatever I put my hands to. But if I try to do it in my own way, it's not going to work. Amen. And that's what God is telling you this morning. Amen. Whether you're a wife, whether you're a mother, whether you're a fiance, whether you're whatever, God says you got to lean and depend on the fact of God being there with you every moment and every step of the way. Okay? Notice what God says. When Moses says this to him you don't go with me, I'm, I don't want to go. What does God say? Verse 17. I will do the very thing. I love it. I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you. And I know you by name. Mm-hmm. Notice God didn't reprimand Moses for what he said. He didn't reprimand man Moses and say, How, who do you think you're talking to? He didn't, what he did was he said, I will do the very thing you asked brothers and sisters in Christ. Get this from your head to your heart. God says, I will do what you ask because your life is pleasing to me. And I know you by me, mm-hmm. I will do what you ask because your life is pleasing to me and I know You by name Now I know there's somebody Under the sound of my voice whether it's on Facebook or whether it's here That's saying well God would never say That to me He could never say that to me Because of all the things That I've done he might know me by name But he can't say My life is pleasing to him Because he knows all the things I did Well we'll get back to that A little bit later in the sermon Okay remember that you said that what does Moses do? Moses says to God, show me your glory. Now this is mind boggling. God has just told him, I'm going to do what you asked me to do because I'm pleased with you. And I know your name is like Moses said, let me just go a little bit further. You know, I I already asked for this much. and He hasn't knocked me out so far. Let me just push it a a little bit further. And he says, Lord, what I want you to do, I want you to show me your glory. Now, when you read that, I wish it was Bible study because I would ask you what you thought that he meant when he said, show me your glory. What Moses is saying to God, is God, I want you to manifest yourself to me in my life in a way that you never had before. He is saying, Lord, I want you to reveal yourself to me, not like you did at the burning bush. And that was a wonderful manifestation. Lord, I want you to reveal yourself to me, not with the same smoke and, and glory and the cloud that you uh, in, uh, you know put over me when I went up into the mountain and you gave me the Ten Commandments. Lord, that, that's not sufficient. I need, I need some more. I need you to manifest yourself to me in a, in a better way. I need you to manifest yourself to me so I can know you a little bit better. What was Moses saying? Moses was saying, that he had a hunger and a thirst for God to reveal himself to him in a better and a more open and a clearer way. Your question, is that your desire? For God to reveal himself to you in a more intimate, clearer, and Moses had a hunger and thirst for God. Do you have a hunger and thirst? You can't have a hunger and thirst for God and come in the middle of service because you have not come to worship him. You can't have a hunger and thirst for God when you come in on Zoom and you're, you're just right at the beginning of it and not getting there. In t- you can't have a hunger and thirst for God when you don't want to be in his presence in the same way you are with giving him your time like you are doing your jobs. Because if you came on your jobs like you came to worship, you wouldn't have your job very long. Moses had a hunger and a thirst for God because he wanted to be in God's presence and he wanted to know more about God than he already did. Notice what God says to him. Notice when this we're getting ready to get into some mind boggling parts of the service, uh, parts of this sermon. Verse 21, then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with my hands until I pass by. Then I will remove my hand And you will see my back, but my face you will not see. God is doing a prophetic teaching here. He is doing a prophetic teaching here. He is teaching Moses about the rock. He's teaching Moses about a particular rock. So I need you to turn to Exodus 17, Verse 6, I want you to turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 10, stick your finger first there, and then we're going to look at Exodus 17, 6. So turn to 1 Corinthians 10 first, stick a piece of paper or something there so we can flip to it, but we're going to look at Exodus 17 first, okay? I want you to notice that God told Moses, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Remember we read that? Didn't we just read that? Yeah. Okay, what is, this, what is this prophetic of? Exodus 17:6, you got it. Speak to me, Lord. Somebody tell them the page. Exodus the uh, second book in the Bible. Exodus 58. what page? 58. 58. You with me? Exodus 17:6. You got it? Speak to me, Speak to me, Lord. Watch this. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. Now remember the rock? Remember when it says that strike the rock and water is going to flow out of it, right? 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 4. What page? First Corinthians ten one to four. Nine twenty nine. Nine twenty nine. Turn your Bibles to nine twenty nine. Remember when God told Moses, "There's a place near me where you go and stand on the rock." God is giving a prophetic teaching here. Okay. First Corinthians ten one to four. You got it. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. It's talking about their deliverance from Egypt, right? They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and the rock was Christ. And the rock was Christ. They drank from the rock, and the rock was Christ. Now, I want you to understand that God is using the analogy of a rock because of its strength and of its re, re, uh, rela- reliability and the fact that you could stand on rocks. So God told them, told Moses to strike the rock and out of the rock, flowed living water for the people to drink. Now I want you to put in your mind when uh, Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well and he asked her for a drink of water and she said you know you're asking me a Samaritan and he said if you would have known who it was that was asking you I would have given you living water that would have sprang out of you into eternal life. This is the water that is symbolized by the water gushing out of the when Moses hit the rock The living water Is the Holy Spirit The living water Is when you stand on the rock Which is Christ Jesus That is when and how You receive your salvation Amen. The spiritual drink they drank Was from the rock And notice that God said First of all to Moses There's a rock near me That I want you to stand on. Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know how you relate our music to, to our sermons, but that was one of the reasons that I had the song sung, stand. Well, we stand on the rock. God says we can't just sing songs about standing on the rock, but we got to sing songs. I mean, we got to live a life that shows that we are standing on the rock. God said, there's a rock near me. There's a rock near me. There's a rock near me, and I want you to go and stand on the rock. Okay, I want you to go and stand on the rock. Remember, God had told Moses that he was pleased with him, and he knew him by name. Mm -hmm. Therefore, God was going to give him what he asked for. Some of you all may have thought he would never say that about me. Well, let me tell you what he says. Colossians 3.12. Don't put your Bibles away. I'm almost finished, but don't put your Bibles away. Colossians 3.12. God had told Moses, I'm going to answer you. And the, you got to get this from your head to your heart. I will answer you because I am pleased with you. And I know you by name. You said God doesn't know me by name. God is not pleased with me. Let's look at Colossians 3.12. You got to speak to me, Lord. If you don't, somebody give the page number. I can't get, I didn't 9.55. Understand. 955. This should blow your mind. I, I, I ask you all to listen to this sermon over and over this week to get it from your heart to your mind because I want you to see what God says is how you know that he will answer what you prayed. Okay? Colossians 3.12 Therefore, as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved I'm going to just stop right there. You can read the rest of it later. But as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Now you say, well, God will never say to me that he's pleased with me because he knows what I did in the past. But you forgot you drank from the rock. You forgot that you drank from the rock. You forgot that the water from the rock has cleansed you. You forgot that the water from the rock has made you completely clean in the sight of Almighty God. Where God says, I have chosen you. He says, not only am I pleased with you, but I call you holy and I call you loved. Amen. I call you holy and I call you loved. When I look at you. I don't look at, I I don't know how much you paid attention to the songs, but the one song that we sang, I can't remember the name of it, but it it was saying that uh, uh, our past has been washed away. Our past is, God says, I washed your path away. Your past away. So that now when I look at you, I see you as holy. And I see you as righteous. Thank you. I see you as holy, Shadira, and I see you as righteous. And not only do I see you as holy and righteous, I know your name. Mm -hmm. And you know the name that I know you by? Friend. Mm -hmm. Because doesn't scripture tell us that we are his friend? God says, I call you friend. We sing the song, I call you friend. Mm -hmm. So you meet both criterias the same way Moses did. Do you see that? I want you to understand that with your heart and your mind. Then the next thing he says, stand on the rock. And then when I get ready to pass by, I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. Now, I don't know how many of y'all in here know what a cleft in the rock is. But a cleft in the rock is an opening in the rock. Where you can hide from your enemies, where you can be protected from the storm. A cleft in this rock from in the rock is a place where you can make your home and live. Because you weren't here early enough, only three or four of y'all in here heard the song that we sang this morning. Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure, save from wrath and make me. That song was built or written based on the cleft of the rock, Mm -hmm. rock of ages, Mm -hmm. cleft for Jesus is the rock of ages. I just showed Mm -hmm. you that. When it says cleft for me, that means open yourself up Mm -hmm. for me. Open yourself up for me where I can hide in the time of the storms. Open yourself up for me when I need protection. Open yourself up for me when I need love. Open yourself up for me where I need peace. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Amen. Notice the scripture says, this, and this is almost it. That God told Moses, I will set you, I will set you, I will set you in the cleft of the rock. Mm. Moses couldn't set himself in the cleft of the rock. God had to do it. We can't set ourselves in Jesus. God has to do it. Do you see that, my brothers and sisters in Christ? Rock of ages, cleft for me. Be my protection, be my home, be my peace, whatever it is I stand in need of. You say, Pastor, that's good. And I'm glad to know that this is prophetic. But remember what Moses asked God for. Moses asked God to see God's glory. You have not addressed that. The title of the sermon is God's glory. So where does God's glory come in? Turn to Hebrews 1 3. And this is your last scripture. When everybody side a sigh of relief. <laughs> Hebrews 1 3. When you have it, speak to me, Lord. This is so good. It just, as um, what's his name? Raymond said it Wednesday Bible study, it just gets gooder and gooder. It just gets gooder and gooder. Hebrews 1.3, when you have it, speak to me, Lord. Anybody got a page? 969? 967? 967, 967. You have it, speak to me, Lord. This is important for you to see. The sun, notice that sun is a capital S, So that's talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. You see that? The sun is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Moses asked to see God's glory. God was speaking prophetically when he told him to get into the cleft of the rock, and the rock was Christ Jesus. And scripture tells us that Jesus is, how does God put it? He is the radiance of God's glory. God said, if you want to see my glory beyond the fire at the burning bush, beyond the cloud that Moses was under, beyond the the, uh, fire that led them by night and the cloud that led them by day, you got to look at my precious son, Jesus the Christ. He is the glory of almighty God. He is the glory of almighty God. So if you want to give God glory, if you want to give God praise, then you've got to honor the one who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I hope and pray that you have hungered, you have a hunger and a thirst to know our God better. And as you desire to know God better, God will reveal himself to you in in all of his honor his glory, and his praise. Let us pray. Amen. 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 Most holy and all wise, Father. Lord, I know it was a lot, but I I know it wasn't too much. I know it's enough for them to go home and chew on and listen to the sermon over and over again so they can learn what it is that you taught us through Moses and how you told us in your word. you, You said, I'll do what you ask me because I'm pleased with you, and I know you by name. And the reason he's pleased with us is because we have accepted his son, Jesus, as our Lord and our Savior. We love you, Lord. Lord. In the precious name of Jesus, my soul says "Amen." amen. Invitational hymn, all heads bowed and all eyes closed.